0: Hey there everybody and welcome. This is Tavo DRC of Tavo Creative Ministries. We are here today discussing the Orphan Spirit. A lot of people in ministry, Christian ministry, have discussed the Orphan Spirit for years. I liken the Orphan Spirit to the feeling one gets when one feels alone in a crowd. You can have all these people that know you but you still feel different. Many times after I've analyzed that, because because I used to go through that. I, it's a cultural thing, but it's also a spiritual, emotional thing. And a lot of people have different spins on it. I'm going to tell you what I think the church may be doing to contributing to it. Um, when you're alone in a crowd, to me, I've identified that as it's a need being visible, that you are, you have a deeper relationship, a more a call in your life to know the Lord in a deeper manner. Then you can go toward the Holy Spirit, toward ministry or not. Learn how to develop being close to the Lord, getting a lot of worship, a lot of doses of the Holy Spirit and the right connections with the Lord first and then with the right people, and it will help take that away. A lot of it, it's a lot of it is a sign of a call. Many people are called that are creative, very like geniuses or inventors, musicians, artists, poets, you know that feeling too. And that can be also a sign that it is your, instead of being a pain, you know, really an ongoing, that you're so weird or anything like that, it can also mean that's a sign that God's gotten your attention. It's a signal to go toward Him, to let Him tell you what to do about it. So if you're a creator, you know it takes time apart from people. I don't look the type, I am very sociable, But I'm also, and I'm friendly, but I'm very, an introvert and an extrovert. The extrovert can stand it. You know, like being with people for a while, jump around, chit-chat. After a while, I just need to get alone and incubate. I don't sleep during the day, but I can just be alone and recharge. So different people have various needs of recharging. Some don't. Some are more extroverted all the time but I am both, and I'm really more introvert. I like to be quiet. I like to be with people, maybe one or two, like family. But other than that, I prefer to have that ability to get with God because He does give me the you know, Holy Spirit download. He gives me the Word from the Lord. And as a visionary, an apostolic minister, a creator, as well as a composer, all these things have come from my experiences with the Lord, the Bible, good teaching, and the Holy Spirit, and the moves of God, including being with the Lord over many years. So we speak from a season of learning how to train on it. It's also a place that you identify the Lord and godly contentment, being grateful for all things, know you have a mind, will, and emotions, a soul that will come under fire from the enemy or from, you know, life, and that 3J2, our lifestyle teaching, comes out of that, it deals with that. 3 John 2, and you can do this later. This is like a little brief uh, synopsis of what I can say later, ongoing. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, above all things, I would that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind. Things can attack your mind, bog your mind down, infiltrate your mind, stress your mind, build up your mind, and so forth. The Holy Spirit and the Bible and good teaching, fellowship, positive, keeps your mind more alert and up. Um, not obsessing, not getting too down on the nightly news. You know, fear takes that over. So the teaching on God says you're his beloved above all things, Life stuff, possessions, goings, income outgo, he wants you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you're down, you're negative, complaining, murmuring, unforgiving, all that ties in. So you don't go through hell when God's already given you a cure to get off that, not have to deal with it, but you've got to have training and determination. So I think the gospel of peace Knowing the gospel, the good news it's a big factor because it says he, you know, the peace of God that will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus, the peace of God that passes all understanding, rational wisdom, common sense, godly and earthly news, the peace of God, God's peace that passes above all things that guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's part of knowing these, you know, vocabulary that will prosper your soul and then it will affect your, it says in Third John 2, Beloved of all things, I want you to prosper. That means emotionally, financially, relationship-wise, business, family, mind, will, and body. He wants you to prosper in the Lord above all things, even as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prospering, you're going to be negative, down, cutting yourself down, cutting other people down. It'll bog you down in a spiritual, emotional, and dry sense. So this is just a kernel teaching of a kernel teaching. And, it, above all things, that's to go for because it ties in with your own godly contentment, your own, when you're by yourself, peace. Things like being thankful in all things, not for all things, but in all things. Many good teachings that will build you so yourself up in the Holy Faith are really part of this teaching about how to not have an orphan spirit by yourself. It It is just one little teeny bit. I mean, there's so many factors. But we're trying to let people not go into depression, not feel all like they're going to unalive themselves like many do. You have to have some good teaching and it has to be affirming positive healthy and also supernatural to touch your spirit because we all get dry you know if you get dry you get what they call now the popular term is you can get thirsty you can get thirsty for the wrong thing people sex you can get treat addiction drugs all sorts of things alcohol uh, overwork a slave and obsessed to different things so you want to make sure our thirst that kind of thirst is not tortured, that we're not feeling stressed or unduly self-obsessed or absorbed. We want to go toward the Lord, and that's just a tiny bit of what I could say. But I want to get to my question I have for the church. Does the church itself, does our kind of church that's been going on in the last many years, last several maybe the last generation with showbiz and TV affected, and all sorts of ideas, doctrines, good and bad, old and new, young and old, is it affecting and creating, aggravating, or even starting to create more of that that, um, that old type of thing that hurts people, the orphan spirit. So as I said, the orphan spirit is that you can be alone in a crowd, but you still feel alone. You're alone And that can gnaw you when you have geniuses, you have, you know, a lot of geniuses fight that because they don't know how to diagnose and balance it down that need to be quiet in your cave alone, which is not bad. It's not evil unless you stay there and it gets dark in your cave, dreary in your cave, obsessed in your cave, restless in your cave, painful, and you want to inflict yourself drug yourself, numb yourself because you're caved too long. So we can, I find that um, when you're with a prophetic, healthy prophetic movement, a lot of people go through that. And I used to laugh when I first discovered this because I thought you can be alone with a lot of people who are also alone, but you're all with the Lord and have a good time. So the Holy Spirit does make a lot of difference and being strong in the Lord, knowing how to do this. But I do not usually feel the orphan spirit. I have passed through times, like DFW, where there was something, in the, something wrong in the bath waters of the doctrine of the day, there was no deep Holy Spirit, there was a lot of dysfunctional ministry and a lot of achievement, business, big boss, uh, typecasting, just a lot of things, anti-female, which I'd never endured. So we just learned from that and I realized, you know, that was such a huge area that the more it was more pronounced, because I'd seen that, never so much, but it was such a big per capita, huge thing in the spiritual sense. So we want to make sure we're not mean Christians, we're not obsessed with us and our power, or we're not in, in wrong doctrine, cultures of wrong doctrine. So when you come away from that and you find people that are in more balanced, normal first church doctrine, that subsides greatly. Now, that didn't mean it doesn't happen. Also, if people are racist and you're a different race, that can make you feel that way. If you are in a, which I had never been, around misogyny in Christian ministry on a huge, huge basis ever, wow, you can feel that because it comes from the men, Christian men and the women who are trained under them to bark and do their ardors. fierce. Wow, who would have known that? But anyway, God allowed it so we train on it so the thought was you know we are all made with mind will and emotions and some people are more vocal some people are lively some people are more sedentary some people you know different ones I'm a perceiver discerner but I'm also a celebrator as in multi ethnic diverse naturally fit in I have rhythm a lot of rhythm so if I go in there not knowing it till later that if I go into where they're not rhythmic, they're mostly white, colonial, we centric, well red state, which I found out that way because I would get, <laughs> I used to get racially profiled only in one group ever through the years, only one, and they were never black. So at one point in the 90s, I started th- learning this. I went, wow, I get racially profiled never anywhere, never all those kind of white people, never those kind of black, ever any black people never Hispanic, never Asian. It's one kind, they're all white. Let me, if I stir up something, make it manifest. If I stir up this accuser for just sitting there calmly, respectfully, like any other place that you'd see me, just sitting there, no other place. Baptists wouldn't do this. Black people never do that. It's once, it's a spirit. That's the reason. So I started to think, wow, got my attention. And I started to analyze what kind their doctrines were, what kind of race they were, what their politics were, what who they were, and I found out it was the Shepherding movement, which is Western European, all patriarchal, Levitical patriarchs and matriarchs, and that started that. Red and also that culture. So I believe in I'm not putting down Republicans or Democrats. I'm saying that Red State to me means you can't identify or even respect or honor anybody except one kind of politics, yours, and that's what bothers me. I cannot put Jesus in a, you know, Jesus was from the Middle East. He was not exactly a whelp. <laughs> he was not. He respected females. He went to massage. If you read Jesus and Paul, when they had a female on the, you know, relating, they were all respectful. They were not mean. So all this fruit does tie in with the discovery of the toxic. Second Timothy three one through five and or monetary achievement accusing you, blaming you if you do not have money that you're not blessed by God. Also Paul in First Timothy six five, and that is why I train. Because the Bible says three th- the commands by Paul, do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints, as some have. Hebrews ten twenty five. Yes, we're for that. That isn't legalism, but it means it's a great. Healthy admonition, and it's a command, but not a big boss, you better or else. It's a command that is wise and safe. But, however, there are two escape clauses because of the conditions of the human hearts. It's the humans, not God, not the fellowshipping model. It's the humans in the model of that fellowship, certain ones. So Paul gives two escape clauses. I call them friendly fire fellowships. He says, commanded mentoring from such turn away. Those are the ones that now have caught. Now I realize that's what I was warring against me personally in this um, warring against the whatever the call is on my life, the office apostle and a teacher, mentor of a first church type of thing, new church move, cross by the unity. But you don't know it. You just get puzzle pieces through the years and you have to fight. The demonic attack, uh, whatever it is, the false witness, the betrayal, all these things, jumping in public, you, f- you find things that are very toxic because they line up, in hindsight, after you've gone through it, God uses this, as a dysfunctional fellowship. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, Paul says as a command, if there are accusers, boasters, lovers of themselves, not servant leaders, untrustworthy, you can read the whole group, it is a huge, big list, toxic list, from such turn away, get out, why, because you will cease to have your soul prospered, it will not prosper your mind, will, and emotions, it will affect and afflict you, because it's demonic, dark, unloving, and it will be in your, it's the invisible realm of their bathwater's false doctrine, No love. No fear of the Lord. It's just a huge deal. So these are huge teachings to teach now for a new move of God. The freedom. A lot of people already knew this. They didn't know what they were discovering. That's why a lot of people quit going to church. Loving people. That's why I'm happier outside the systems, which are usually like that. Which I have removed myself from the charismatic and the psychic occult movement, which is in this same kind of crowd. I don't go near the, you know I have to teach now because there's no holy spirit much that doesn't have psychic mining mind probing which I can now feel like a hindu or something demonic which I just now teach on so we got to have holy we want holy spirit and we want god to be pleased this is so wearying trying to go to a fellowship just to hear god and take off from your you know life at home or your life at work your life in ministry and you can't even enjoy it because this toxicity in the fruit of the fault-finding Friendly Fire Fellowship, males and females. So we've turned away. We teach freedom in Christ, forgiving. Oh, yeah, but this thing is huge. The other freedom, uh, Friendly Fire Fellowship Paul mentors and says from such turn away, as I said, was it says they're big talkers, but they say you're not blessed unless you have money. From such turn away. The, see, both of them have to do with accusation. When you look at Genesis, the first sin that comes down in the garden to, to disrupt God's plan is when Satan, the former worship leader in heaven, was angry with God because he got kicked out because he was going to mutiny against him. He got put down on the earth and he was retaliating, trying to rob God's plan, the earth, all the happy prosperity relationships. So he came down and the first thing that happened was Satan the, is the name is the accuser accused God to Eve. Well, God didn't want you to eat that fruit. No, he didn't want you to be like him. He was a liar and deceiver. Yet, let me add a little PS. Revelation 12, 7 through 11 says that when Jesus came and died and rose victoriously, he gave back the power, his power over the accuser. They, that's us, the church, if we know about it, if we're going to do it, if we think we need it, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. They overcame him. Who's him? The mean accuser, the liar, the deceiver, Satan, treacherous, backstabbing. That is why we don't want leadership to resemble that fruit, which they're doing, too many, or a lot of them are doing it, in the dysfunctional, toxic from such turn away fellowships that are like and resemble 2 Timothy 3 1 through 5. With that being said, let's look at our, and I, I really have marveled this for many years. I've thought this over, and you know, one reason I'm this forceful because society, we're about to go under in America, frankly, it got worse and worse. I started studying at age 24, 45 years ago. 1976 right in the nation's bicentennial and it was back then I guess Jesus people the start of all these movements nothing had gotten hard commercial uh mavericks weren't pointed out in the crowd because there wasn't a big ego involved it was still left over I guess Billy Graham and servant leadership back then. So we're trying to paint a picture of how to detox, de de accuse a lot of dogma, and also make it more less hazardous to your health to go. All right, back then people were you know I'm saying we're grateful for now. I like being in now. I think modern. I don't think old. But I'm thinking it helps to have somebody who can help with you know bring back or or cultivate. How to discern true from false, discern dross and mixture, unclean, unholy mixture from the true Holy Spirit and the Bible, which a lot of people can, not just me. So along the way through the years, when it got so showbiz, when it started to get tough, starting in when I was in Dallas, really toward the when, you know, all these movements came in that were wonderful. And in the 90s, we had all these outpourings and good music, really good worship was starting, big worship. And then, I don't know what happened from the late 90s on, but more and more tough, turf-protecting, celebrity, name-calling, like church hoppers. I was, in, I was always invited to pastor's gatherings because I had my ministry in central Virginia, And so I'll always remember, I can never forget, when in 1998, I was after a meeting, standing around waiting to go, and I couldn't hear but two whelp-turned-out-Western-European-shepherding pastors. One was Word of Faith, and one was Assembly of God. Not all of them are like that in either movement, but these were smaller pastors. And I heard one say to the other, I saw your sheep in my church. And I went, whoa. His, she, they own these people? And the other one said, yes, they're church hoppers. And I went, whoa, is it a sin to go to more than one church? Whose business is it? it really, I didn't say that. But I went, what, what did I just hear? I've never heard people owning God's people think they are over them. I, that was new, but then I learned how huge those movements are. So they these are not just... It was very difficult to hear that, because as a Baptist background, I know many denominationals never feel like that. I don't think African Americans do. I've been in and ministered in and been with them many times, but it was a growth spurt. God was starting to teach me about doctrine, true and false. Also, a cult spirit and some of the things that are adding, I think, to the orphan spirit. Not these two particular kinds, but these. A lot of us who just didn't know. And I'm going to say there's a difference in accusing and assessing. I didn't name those people. I'm naming three groups, basically, in America where I find this whelp doctrine, false teaching coming out, and it's in more than that. But CI, Christian International, is probably the most psychic occult. I don't know the top people are doing it, but they don't know what their bottom people are doing it. I don't know. Think Assembly of God's like that because I know a lot of Assembly of God, and they're not like that. But they don't know what all the people are doing. You don't know what all the people are doing. I don't know them, but I'm meeting them. <laughs> Where the faith, it's not like that at the top, not at all, to my knowledge. I've been out there and seen it. But the bottom ones mix around with each other, and there's a hubbub of TV, personality, false teaching, true teaching, good people, and fault finding. So if you get a spirit. You forgive them, but you got to train it. You want to deliver it. So there can be all colors that do that. All colors, all kinds. But I'm talking the ones that have been my discovery. God said if you see something that happens that hurts people, or my good witness making it safe for church rather, three times or more, that is my sign unto you. I'm showing it to you. I see a lot of it, and I want you to teach on it. So this is where we're trying to teach on it to discourage people from being that way it affects just basic everyday common ordinary people that are loving that are not wary of this that shouldn't have to be like that so we're trying to stir it up now when you look at the kinds of people that are in a culture of a ministry a lot of people that will be under and signed on ordained through or say we belong to them do not have automatically the caliber of the top people because I've watched this. I thought, what is some of them seeing? I don't see that that type of thing, witch watching and uh, good old boy stuff. I don't see that calling out church hoppers and spreading rumors. They're in rebellion, messiah. I don't see that in the top people. So it is not all bottom people. That's why I'm saying no stereotypes, no accusing assess and evaluate the doctrine by the fruit this is what i'm doing but because the hour is late and i am withstood at every turn from far away by this occult spirit damnable spirit i'm teaching on it and i'm standing up to it my bible says church of Tyra tyra to the head top founder of the movement or the head apostle of the ministry which i am it said or the and i'm the pastor all right. Why do you tolerate that Jezebel? In the old days, only men were pastors. When that was written, it was a female named Jezebel who they allowed to be on their staff. She was allowed to be on their staff, even though legalists. Paul said, people are taking it that Paul said women should not be allowed to teach in church or speak in church. Paul said, to the best of my ability to read the Bible... Paul said to the men, let your women stay quiet in church. Because Paul was maybe mentioning, talking to the Jews, I mean the Gentiles who were not raised around the law, and they were shouting out. So he said to save time, keep peace. Men, train your women at home. Train, let your women be silent. Now over here in the church of Thyatira, book of Revelation, letters to the seven churches, Paul said I mean John the revelator says in the book to the holy spirit that there was a female named Jezebel that they allowed to teach on their staff and so the lord was angry not at the Jezebel the mean Jezebel who happened to be a female back then it could be a man now or a doctrine we're not legalists here all right he said to the head person why do you tolerate her are you a coward are you weak you were to get off the cassock and make a polite firm appointment and set her down. That would be Matthew 18:15. If you're scared, take somebody, Matthew 18:16, and meekly Galatians 6:1, upfront confront. This is what we're doing. So I have to because I get witch watched, I get dag. I can feel the, the false teaching, the occult spirit, Satanic darts. Yeah, I can really feel it because I'm a prophet seer. So I will know what's going on. You can feel it. So I have to teach on it. That's what I'm doing. I'm standing up. Because I don't, I'm don't. i not mad. And I'm not mean. They just have never talked to me. It is a white, occult spirit shepherding. It is a, an attempt to control. And it comes from toxic dysfunction in that ministry. Why would any... You don't go psychic to read people... You don't you read them by their vibe, their look, their gender, their age, their race. Whether they're matriarch, you think, which I'm not. You read you relate to them. You find out. You 1 to 1, Matthew 18, Galatians 6, 1. Or you're out of order. You're not submitted. You're condemning people. False, accusing. It is exactly. And that's why I'm teaching. This builds an orphan spirit. Because why do you want to go to any place like that? All right? If, look at the colonial witch trials of Salem, Massachusetts, where they did the same thing. The Puritans, a group of the Puritans that came over in the boat, not all were like that, but some were, and they targeted women, white women, the white whelp, mean whelp, read the vibes, had dreams, nightmares, everything was subjective, no real evidence, but they used it in court kill the women murder the women in Massachusetts the same thing dysfunction it's dysfunction and it was back then in the mean spirit the from such turn nobody taught like that or they could have gotten out I guess but it's the same thing and so when you run into it from Florida to Texas to Virginia to North Carolina wherever this doctrine is around the world, even South Africa many places, not all are like that not all, you know, don't make a stereotype, but be watchful be more watchful because you can have people that are nicer at one, like a Richter scale, you know, an earthquake has this number 8, you're wiped off the planet, the other one is like a trimmer, where well, you can have 1 to 8 in all kinds of false teaching and all kinds of me- nice behavior, mean behavior, and occult Fault finding, veiled occult, and because I've been around and I am a happy person, and I'm very happy now that I'm not in that. <laughs> Again, I'm very. It took me a long time because I didn't know about this. I wasn't raised around it. I didn't know that it was so. Uh, it would it would affect you because it's occult. It's demonic. It would affect you so that you weren't really your your normal self, your your cheerful self. It is occult. And then you have the occult and just everyday life. You have to bind Satan in occult. A lot of it I do. But I just never felt that. And then also this same type of toxic witch watching group. A lot of it is projecting accusation. And a lot of it is projecting they're all wounded. Because they're all. They've got some really. Their basic excuse. Oh, everybody's wounded, everybody's offended, everybody, you know, it, it's like in denial that they're doing something. It's really, it's poor me victim. So you just get out. When you, when you when you have to fight with it just for sitting there and visiting as a new person or a repeat attender, all it is is the accuser of the brother and mother and sister and, and leader in it's just plain all accepted as part of their controlling ritual they're called or whatever this is so because i love holy spirit i move in the gifts and it's out there in that type of movement all over then i'm teaching on it because i've got a move that's coming out and we got to train again we're not against people but we got to train it so we're not blocked and damaged by it people are you know you've heard people through the years because people have soul wounds from this People in these movements, are so they're so divining and so occult, so far out. They will travel intentionally to spy on you. They will pray against me and you. I've had it happen. I can tell now when I'm at home or if I'm just with God one day and all of a sudden, because I know I'm online, I'll feel pinchers at my heart, my vein. You know, up here, I'll hear like pinchers. I went, see, it doesn't bother me. I'm not a doesn't bother me I know my the Lord I think oh no one more white witch trying what it really to me translates one more controlling personality over there dysfunctional praying against it all I do is I bind Satan I put it under the blood I said I bind you in Jesus name you controlling spirit I send you back to them 20 fold eight whatever it comes up whatever fault, I send it back to them And I say I put the blood of Jesus over me and I stand and it goes. That's all you do. You don't have to worry about it. So we're not easily fooled. We're not easily we're not made afraid by any of this, but we want to make sure there I've been around, you know, by God's grace, I've been around a long time in ministry. I don't want people, I don't want God's people to have to go through this anymore. And that means pastors, brand new believers, people that have a new that are in the move, move, move of God after this one if there is a new move of God after this. We want all kinds of people in all stages of levels of call and ministry to be safe from this voyeuristic, prying and troubling dysfunction, toxic ministry. It really is toxic. So the bottom line is from such turn away. Well, let's put it back this way. All right, let's look at our society, the society what got me thinking of this lately was yesterday. I was thinking, you know, I wonder if um, I wonder if the orphan spirit, which these same groups, this same type of group, will always go about, you know, it's the orphan spirit. Listen, I can tell when the, <laughs> I don't. The only kind of feeling I feel the orphan spirit when I'm an orphan spirit now, because I'm pretty, you know, grown up in this. I think it's when they're all dysfunctional. And they all have their pet people, they only like certain styles and races. They're all gentrified and intro you know, into themselves, lovers of themselves, which is Second Timothy three, one through five. Of course you can tell there's an in crowd and an out crowd. Is that first church? Is that love? No. But it's there. You gotta deal with it. This is why I'm confronting it. For the sake of the innocent, the naive, the body of Christ in ministry, people, we need to grow up. We need to be delivered of this. It should not be having to have teaching on 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. When I was growing up, I used to hear that verse, you know, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, boasters, denying the power thereof, all this type of stuff going on. I went... Wow, you know that was years ago. Wow, it's all those non-Christians. Uh-uh, it's us. It can be some of us. It is them. So I watch my. I would teach instead, instead of dysfunction and toxic mess messages. I would teach James 3:17 to train everybody to represent the wisdom from above that is mature pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And we all do that. The orphan spirit will be minimized or else deleted completely. As we all can look back, the commercialism of society and then the commercialism of the churches starting with the 80s when I started the public ministry. I had been in ministry, raised in ministry all my life. But I had my own call. It used to be the encouraging word, Bible teaching, a word of the Lord for pastors, and prayer. For pastors, all right, and leaders. All right. That was in the eighties when the Jim Baker and Jim Swaggart scandals happened, and I was there to see the fallout. I had been around ministry. It didn't you know, human nature is human nature, but I saw people who were not caught, who were not, you know, very deep. They were younger. I mean they weren't younger, but they were like they would put their hope on these people and they got crushed, devastated. That is when I noticed the accusation about churches and Christians and money starting in. So I went to the Lord and I was teaching a Bible study and an assembly of God. See they're not all like this, they're not all dark. They were gentlemen. Okay? Everybody's different, no stereotypes. One by one, we want we assess. So I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, what about this? Because I had a friend, and she had given money to one of them. And when he fell, she, she used to say, praise the Lord this, praise the Lord that. And when she that happened, she was crushed and upset. She stopped saying, praise the Lord. And then I had another family member who got cynical, started to get bitter toward Christians, offended. And so we have to now, offenses will come, but you've got to train people that they will come to get ready and not be moved by them. And for some reason it didn't move me. But I was concerned for the whole body of Christ, and so I went to the Lord, and the Lord gave me a scripture. I said, Lord, what about this? And he said, Micah 7, 5. I'd never read that before. It says, do not put your trust, your confidence in a neighbor. Do not put your confidence in a guy. Do not put your confidence in the one that lies beside you in your in the bed. Only put your confidence in God. I went, that's the secret. And that was in the late 80s. I thought, that's the secret. Let Every elevated ministry, pastor, leader, teacher, from now on, TV, locally, Train people not to put their confidence in them in case, because they're human. Paul said that. He said, follow me only as I follow Christ. He praised the Berean Jews for picking apart his teaching, analyzing it to see if it was really in the scripture. And he said, they're noble Bereans. He said, we're to work out our own salvation. That ties right in. So I think that's the way. That's why I'm teaching Silas. This is why we do it in such a fashion. You need to hear God. I'm going to say it. And I'm going to let you hear God to make sure it's okay. All right. So Dr. Jesus knows a lot more than Dr. T or Dr. U. He really does. <laughs> Dr. God knows a lot more. He's put things in the Bible if we just investigate what's really in the Bible. So with that being said, we noticed that when the 80s and the 90s and all the famous people uh, television ministry it's not putting i'm not against famous tv or television media or secular i'm just trying to think what happened where i was sent i was sent to the embedded i was sent to have my ministry that was never famous or anything but i was visiting as the lord led me around america and i was with and i still am out with the audience out with the people with the fruit of the ministries and i saw great fruit heroic fruit time after time, but I was also with all different kinds of Christian ministers, many of them who maybe never had anyone saved in their lives before they got saved, and it wasn't their fault, but maybe there was mixture. They never got delivered or taught respect, not to be machismo or whatever, that it wasn't all about making the big bucks, which is what we found has hurt America. With the, um, uh, with the acclaim of fame, famous making it big, with the coming of America enthroning maybe celebrity in Christian ministry, not teaching a balance, with the loss of discipling but instead now fans. But then we also see TV shows of the human nature such as Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous came on the scene in the mid-90s, 1996, I thought. That affected a lot. I happened to, because my children were growing up, I was flicking TV to keep watch on what they're watching. You know what is on MTV and VH1 back then, and we had the introduction of cribs, the hip hop, the rap, all the different. You know, the big fancy houses. We also had the sweet sixteen MTV parties with the over the top hundred thousand dollar cars given to sixteen year olds, all that. And I was concerned for our, you know, I was concerned for the young people. I was concerned for people about that because of you know, human nature, envy, feeling bad. But we can't do anything about all that, but we can look at the churches. All right, so with that, we have people, you know, we're not putting anybody down for having that show, but we're saying that as a teacher and trainer, we want to make sure it doesn't make people robbed of their quality of life by envy or feeling left out, not good enough. And people were starting to get more dysfunctional in This nation and the churches, people, whatever happened, the world of flesh and the devil and mama, whatever. (laughs) The world of flesh and the devil and mama and daddy or no daddy or no mama, whatever it was, is there. With good, plenty of good. And all we want is a resurrection. So with that fame and with that TV-affected ministry, which is what I saw, comes more and more accusation in the fellowships. False doctrine, pride, elite, skill valued with no fear of the Lord, skill, perceptive, you know, our, our gift is more important. I started to get more turf protecting, started to get more, not community, but big eyes started. And then later it was just, like I said, no fear of the Lord. So when I saw this creeping in, the Lord had sent me also to Florida in the late 90s. And I'd go there to Tampa and uh, Orlando many times in the Panhandle, but just Florida generally, it's a big spiritual climate. And I saw for the first time in 1998, 1996, my first uh, Christian celebrity. I was in Virginia, in central Virginia, which was not celebrity. It was servant leadership, basically. And also country rural, with more acidified, you know, and urban and everything. Small town area feel. So when I saw the Christian celebrity, I also heard, because I was out with the crowd, I heard more talk of witches. She's a witch, he's a witch, pastor's a witch, the witch handed me some. You know, like immaturity, juvenile uh, immaturity. So when I hear that, well, when I, after some of my trips, I'd come home and think, I need to be cleansed. That had not taken on like it has now. It had not taken root, but it was down there. So I, I thought, now when I hear this talk, people mentioning it and putting the witches and demons on the throne, you know, make it such a big deal, when I know balance, I looked and I thought, these are immature, juvenile, but, you know, they're getting teaching and they're all white. These were all white. When I looked at that, I thought, well, um, and I, because I dealt with African Americans many years, I was toward the last of my time in Virginia, three years, I'm mostly with black people. Black church it so the issue was I thought what is this that this kind of group does it sees devils all the time looking for witches and this group doesn't and I thought well you know people the white people that kind of crowd back then were more I guess They were more in a leisure sense. People had more leisure time, I think, I think in the white general, not all, not saying it still goes, but I thought back then, the African-American people had come up through harder times in slavery where they developed their spiritual power and might and gifts to discern cause of slavery, persecution, and abuse. So therefore, they had a firmer, you know, I really felt... African Americans were going to be the savior of our nation if they don't get proud. If they don't get to be, you know, once you get to be, uh, once you're bullied, you can learn that behavior. You don't want to get to be a bully because you got power now. That was my concern. Not then, but now it is. Balance. Nobody should be me. All right. Let's say this. So I back then I thought, man, those African Americans, they're the future. Back then I thought, I thought, wow, they've got might. They're not compromising. They really want the Lord. That was the Christian community sense. They don't see devils. They know they're. that's foolish to think about that so much. But when I saw who was doing it, it was the younger white crowd. And I thought, you know what? I'm not putting white down, but we centric, we centric colonials, we are the world. Colonials have been my nightmare. I'm not a we centric colonial. But whatever it was, I thought these people must have... I think people who thought these doctrines up witch-watching have a lot of leisure time on their hand. We have nothing more to do. They're not balanced. So they go off into these crazy doctrines. That's all I can think. It's immature and it's anti-Bible. <laughs> it's no joy. I was also brought up in the time. I see a bush over there. I thought it was a person. That's why I looked. I um, I was also brought up in the day where the movements unfolded, and at one point in the 90s, there was the Deliverance movement that rolled through town. The Deliverance movement, everybody's looking for devils, you know. Faith. Let's see. I'd say Jesus people, <laughs> charismatic trickling down. Uh, people getting filled with the Spirit. Then you get the Word of Faith and Deliverance movements come in. You get Pentecostal. The Lord started leading me around different ones through the years, and then you get outpourings and many things, and because I was not treated as a maverick, because I had not gotten around the false doctrine, people, when you don't have false doctrine, I'm just as tame and nice and polite and sweet as you ever want to be. I'm a James 317 person. I always am. But when they go to their dysfunction, they've never met anybody like you that are nice, that is not coming to take them over. They've never met a female with authority that's white that's prosperous, that's not looking, that's not into false doctrine and cults like them, well, then you trigger it. <laughs> that's all I can figure out. So I began to notice a lot once these prophetic moves moved in from Florida, certain kinds, and this yeast of the Pharisees are called whelp, Western European Levitical patriarchism, matriarchism, shepherding came to control to keep watch, to spy spiritually and psychically on everybody, to think they were over everybody—that teaching you are not submitted to us, therefore we'll talk about you—all this dark stuff, really dark—caught me by surprise because I wasn't—I'd never heard of this, but because I was younger. And I was going through domestic violence and had a family and had my own ministry, but nobody, I didn't talk about it. I couldn't handle it so much. So I figured, you know, they know their turf. I didn't realize, though, I'd be called out, jumped in public later by false teaching. I mean, really, I've had some big experiences that are eye openers for the body. I can only say, thank God I wasn't raised or by a dysfunctional pastor father. I was raised by a pastor father who was very gentlemanly, not false teaching, not under the law, not an accuser, not an abuser, not a Satan looking for devils, and he wasn't racist. It was God's mercy. A lot of people, I guess, were not that fortunate, so we have to forgive them, but that's dysfunctional. There is nothing in Billy Graham that would tolerate that stuff. There is nothing in Paul and or Jesus Christ in the first church who would tolerate that. That is all Paul's warning from such turnaway Second Timothy dysfunction. The next would be Psalm one hundred and forty four. I didn't know this. I guess I had to I, I knew I you know I didn't know what it was. It took years to think. What have I seen? Why do I trigger it here and not there and not there, but only here? And they're so powerful. Why do I trigger me when I show up? But it wasn't for me. It was for the sake of many others that they're doing it to. That's it. To teach on it. To discover it, analyze, to get really badly, demonically affected by it, and learn how to not be moved about it later, which is now, which is good. You have to do it. You have to be that strong. And that tough, I didn't, I didn't know good old boys would be... I would trigger good old boys. I didn't know it. Nobody had ever... I don't trigger normal Christian men. I don't trigger people. Except if they got an agenda. If they have an agenda. And they worship false doctrine. That's really amazing. So that's what... They're for the grace of God. So you have to forgive them. But they need to repent and clean up their act. Because... And it just... If you stop... Resembling 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, that should be good, that should be great, and also stop resembling 1 Timothy 6, 5, both Paul, you'll be fine, we should all be fine, much better for it. So in looking at the nation going into decline, when, ha- when I was... After I relocated for Central Virginia, where nobody practically ever got a manicure or pedicure because it was colder, you go down to the deep south where the spa culture in deep Dallas for 15 years where it's the Ray And I. nothing against spa culture, manis and pretties Now I get them too, you know, when I can. But the idea is that it was a huge difference. When I would go back then in 2005, I would go to the grocery store in my discovery period, And I would notice, you know how they put these holistic magazines outside the door of most, uh, on racks, wire racks outside of the uh, grocery store entrance, and you'll see realtors, holistic-type things, new age-type things. Well, in Dallas back then, I would see plastic surgery, plastic surgeons, high and deep. It was like a cultural big shock. So I looked around, and I take inventory. I'm not against plastic surgery. It has to be you and God, not my decision. I'm for being godly content, and if God says so, then you do it. Not my business. But the point is, why is there... I'm not putting anybody down for having it. Not at all. Everybody's got a reason. But I'm saying, America is going down. Why are people so afraid and insecure that... It has gotten to be so big. It wasn't, and the churches were so plastic. That was my bottom line. I thought, is it because the church is so plastic and phony and not deep, not loving, not with the Holy Spirit to make them feel secure, accepted in the beloved, that we love you just as you are, that your security is coming from here, not out here or out here, you know. that We lost that, and I thought, to me, that was the real reason. It ended plastic surgery. It was the churches not doing their mission of not accepting or tra- teaching people how to be self-accepting, self-examining, whole in Christ. Then if you need a little notch or nudge, go for it. Nothing wrong with the notch, you know, the tw- you know whatever you're going to do. That's okay. If you're happy anyway without it godly contentment see godly contentment all these things are huge to security this is why i don't have to you know i used to be a perfectionist a lot of white people i think black people now everybody could be a perfectionist asians hispanics but i used to when i was in my college days and as a new mother at first back in the day i used to be a perfectionist and I was thin then, but of course you don't think you're thin, and I wanted to be perfect. So I would beat myself up back then to lose weight. And the only time I could lose weight was if I hated myself enough to make me do it. God got a hold of me. He said, Tavo, and I'd also, if I made a mistake, it wasn't perfect. I could forgive anybody else their mistakes, anything. I can. But I couldn't forgive me for days. And the Lord got me, and He said, Tavo, Unless you forgive yourself like you would anybody else and forgive yourself and love yourself. Because like I love you. Then I can't use you and I, I adjusted. So then when I got in where that Jesus, he gave me a teaching for myself. Jesus is the source of my esteem. Not people, not fun, not my looks, not my weight, not my possessions, not my houses, not my lands. Jesus is the and he is (laughs) I didn't realize it Jesus whether I have a man beside me or not family or not no Jesus is the source of my esteem so it can be done I will tell you I'm a living proof of that I will tell you my testimony I have never had so much stuff taken out of my life or taken away from me but you know what it's not the source of my esteem so it never bothered me Jesus is the only one that I really care about So, because I had a lot of love for my parents, I know what real love is, that helps too. My love tank was whole and not accused or abused. That happened later, but I knew the Lord. You know, everybody can have their issue. You forgive them. But with me, I'm the one that's going to stand before the Lord alone by myself, like you are. You got to get ready and do it right. So, we're trying to train people how to have a wholeness without being phony, a wholeness without being legalistic. If the Lord says tweak it or do it or don't do it, go for it. But it in my business, that's the main one, not my business, dysfunction, Christian dysfunction minds people's business. Leaders have to know, like days of Elijah versus days of the National Enquirer. That is why I got out. One of the main reasons, one of the three reasons I got out of Charismatica, I do not want to be... If they have a bone, if they think I'm up to something, if they think I have carried on, if they think I've done this or that or haven't done it, or I'm not up to snuff, why haven't they loved me enough to call me up and make an appointment? And Matthew 18, 15, meet Galatians. When nobody has, they don't love me. They don't love anybody. That's my big point. It isn't about stuff. Dysfunction. Gossip is dysfunction. Gossip is the poor man's bread that's my proverb I made. Gossip is the poor person's bread. They love to keep chewing on it because they have low esteem. Their esteem is a Demas thing. They're into the Demas realm of ministry. That is all Demas. It's all passing. We got bigger things to think. We want to be like the, like the Enoch walking and talking with God daily first love with the right perspective walking and talking with God daily 365 see my esteem is not moved by my looks I'd like to always look better, I really would I'd like to, I'm like working on always trying to lose that weight Been a, <laughs> it's been really hard this year because it's been so much pressure, weird stuff but it's good, I'm still contented, I'm just not perfect and you know what that's okay. I'm working on it. I haven't. I always check my heart. If things aren't happening, is it me? The devil? Have I not forgiven somebody? I've forgiven everybody. I've forgiven myself. I'm working on it. But I know that there is. You can't be perfect in every area. I've had. When you birth something like a baby and or a movement, you have a little extra girth. <laughs> but that didn't mean it will stay. You just. You just work on it, and I am. So we're trying to we're attempting to paint some hopeful teaching to teachers of how we can defrag this toxicity and dysfunction in many leadership systems in the United States. We really are. I would say that if there is a future church, it's only because the real big churches, the felt you know, a lot of people are letting it happen. The dysfunctional systems. The toxic good old boy systems that own everybody and their turf, and have thousands upon thousands, the mega thousands, following after them in their cult or their cultish type system. I think unless they repent and let the people go and think for themselves and and get in line with the scripture for community, the nation is gone. It really is. The nation's gone. Not every person who is mega, not every person who's white, not every person who is got some kind of order in their group or famous is what we're talking. We're talking case by case by case, fruit by fruit by fruit. So if we look at misogyny, that's dysfunction. If we look at racism and bias, that's dysfunction. If we look at anti-you for showing up as a type, anti-you vibes. In these cult-type psychic ones, that is that is really dysfunction, and it's like racism. So we will say our nation is in peril, but a lot of these ministries are in peril. They are in peril. I've had several words for the last 10 years about this kind of group. Eli, Tempelized, Eli Samuel, let's see, First Samuel, Eli, before the Ichabod. All right? I had, the last will be first, and the first will be last. I had, when I was sent in the car camping, as a sign unto these, the famous mega ministries that are celebrity. A sign to live it out so that I'll teach you how to do it when you or your children end up that way, living camping in a car. As sign to these. Does I do I say is there any they would say this she's unforgiving you know she's got unforgiveness she's just no I forgive it isn't it keeps on going it's a warning it's a it's a good old boy good old person club thing too so we're doing it for teaching teachers to train people not to train and breed dysfunction not to breed good old boy systems not to breed toxic friendly fire Second Timothy and, and First Timothy from such turn away fellowships. Let's get it back where we know Jesus Christ is the source of my esteem. We are only passing through. We are only passing through. We teach forgiveness. We teach respect for all kinds of people. Equal opportunity. Real respect for the office of every human made in God's image. Black, white, or brown. Like them or not your kind or not, your pet style, your pet seer style or not. Other faiths, other nations or not, you respect them. Jesus Christ was a Middle Eastern from a dark skin. we got to get that out there. we got to get out there. It is bad. It has been so bad. Good people, a lot of good people, a lot of mean people and dysfunction, lowering the bar, and people are knowing that this is why they don't want to go that's why church America, in America has declined friendly fire fellowships they it isn't just from such turning away that's the holy remnant obeying God Paul said don't go there if they're toxic they're not, like me but the others they don't know, they're being driven away they're running away from all this big boss Mind in your business, toxic, chaotic. And I think it's a doctrinal reform, a heart evaluation, a priority evaluation from the top, top, top to the bottom. I would think we need to say, "I respect men and women. I've, I have a humans ministry. It is not a women's ministry. It is a humans ministry. I think human. I think men are equal with women." <laughs> I don't think of them as objects, as possessions, as toys. I think of them as humans. I respect them because I came from that with family men. I think there should be chain of command and head of home. And they should be head of command and leadership without being dogmatic or legalistic about it. But God is desperate. When I was in Dallas figuring out this role here. God had me open Rod Parsley's book, his Reformation Bible, and Rod Parsley looks like a Welt, but he's not. He's a gentleman. He is not afraid. He, is a, he respects women and men equally. Rod Parsley. He has a power of God's might. Not psychic. Or country. But anyway, so I read his Bible about Deborah. And he said about office Deborah, which is, I'm a Deborah. She was married to Lapidose, but she's the one that was in the ministry that went out and judged the people, men and women, under the palm tree for the nation of Israel. And he said because there were not many women, females, mentioned in the Old Testament, Holda and Deborah, but just very few. uh, Broad Parsley said in his Reformation Bible, he says, when God looks around the nation of his people and he can't find enough godly, mighty men, real men, he'll call up the women. And I went, okay, I'll take the assignment then, Lord. I get it now. I can handle that. But I'm thinking, where are the good men? Where are the mighty men? Where are the Christian leaders that are really have the authority to pull the weight and lead? You know, if you're a female, and you are, if you're in a spouse marriage, spouse, you If you're strong, you want your husband to be stronger, and your leader, and a man of prayer. And you want them to be your source of secret strength. That's how Deborah and Lapidoth did it, I would think. I would think that way. You don't want to be more mighty. And you don't want to get where you have to do in two jobs. If the man is the head of the household, let's say the father and the mother, and they have children, the mom has got to do certain things and probably be employed or not. And then the man, but you don't want the men to just park their car. Think I don't feel it's good enough for me, or to think the woman is, you know, got to do it all for them and then the woman gets burned out or strong like this, too strong, you know. So you want to balance it so the men are strong too, the mighty men. But if they're legalistic and they're teeny in their own minds and legalistic, nitpicky, dainty, they aren't going to be like that. And we, this is the pitiful part. Of being so puritanical in the church, it's too puritanical. It's too saintly. It's too full. You know, we've read all the books now. We we can quote all the books. They're all white, like I have, like everybody's read our style of books. So we only read books. You got to let people be free and untamed to do this move of God. You got to be bold and courageous, going outside of your doctrinal daintiness. You got to get some might and power in there somewhere. Now. Bold and courageous, but not bossy and dominating. Bold and courageous, without cynical and cutting everybody down because you're jealous. You have a lot of things to work on that are character issues, and that's where we're really meant. It's character. Dysfunction, toxic, it's character. It's character issues. And knowing God, you know, God is supposed to be the source of your strength, the source of your might the source of your joy, the source of your esteem, and He can be. But don't let a little weak-willed woman, as they all want to project onto all of us women, ladies, don't let a little weak-willed woman have to tell you, you got to figure this out for yourself, big guy. Why not? So we're submitting this all as a seal to the body of Christ, not people-pleasing, but respectful, very respectful. And so we are... um, we are on the call for this new move of God, which is, uh, is unfolding, but we have a lot of mysteries. We don't exactly know what's going to happen next, and yet I can be godly content and hang loose. All I know is I don't want to be around dysfunction, paid my dues. I don't want to be around dysfunction. I want to go where they really know the Lord. They carry the cross. They're not perfect they've got their hope and joy in the Lord not themselves. When you look at the teaching in the Bible it says I've come to not I've come not to bring he's like Jesus Christ was known some speaker way back when said Jesus Christ came to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable that's what I'm doing. I want to comfort the afflicted because there are a lot of afflicted and I want to flick the comfortable all the gentrified we've got it made just so we got ours, doesn't matter if anybody else just so we guard our turf that's what we got so I'm reproving I'm correcting gently and respectfully, I'm not mad and we're doing this for reform reform Okay. Both Martin Luthers, Germany and America, reformed. They weren't viewed as acceptable. They rankled a lot of folk in the establishment and the systems of the day. But they were still sent, and it made people uncomfortable. But that didn't mean they were, I don't think either one were evil. Martin Luther, king, he never used violence, he never bullied anybody, he never shouted them down. He wasn't a big shot in his own eyes. Same with Martin Luther. He stirred up the system over there. and Surely he was. A, they were offended by him and called him all sorts of names, but he wasn't moved. That's right. You know, when I look at another, when a female, I'm looking at Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks just got tired. She was fed up. You know, you can be like Jesus. You can forgive him and forgive him and forgive him and forgive them, then one day you realize, unless somebody starts this ball rolling and stands up and says, we're not taking it anymore, then it's going to cause a ramification, and it could change the whole thing. That's what we're wanting right now. Stand up, speak out, resist, but respect. God bless you. This is Tabo DRC signing off for now. If you would like to pray for me, pray for my protection, my safety, uh, my being led, the right people, and then also for, because it's a move of God is unfunded, how to say it, how to start to put it where we will start to have the right opportunities to have income or, you know, resources, open doors, whatever it is. It's got to be God that does this because we've been very careful about money. We were really careful and I've sacrificed on purpose, lived at the lowest to test drive God, really to learn about it. And to also say, God, everybody's equal with or without income, funds. I've learned, I've learned so much. I've been liberated by it. Uh, we're for the people, not for the systems. We're for the people, not to build a name for myself. This is everybody's move of God. But there's a point where God says, you just don't know enough people that are prayer people and I don't have enough prayer people and I need people who are have this same kind of uh, knowing that this is right to teach on that this is right to support that this is right to really go I really believe there is a fellowship coming maybe it's online or not but I usually deal with a lot of African Americans and I don't have that many in my <laughs> network right now But whatever color you are, it doesn't matter to me. We just want God to do what He wants. And this is to teach not to have a system, not to have dysfunction, but have the body of Christ in a community, the beautiful bride of Christ. Not the pride of Christ, but the bride of Christ. Like Ephesians 4, transformed, so it makes a difference to society, which is similar to the Philadelphian love walk church of brotherly love mentioned in the letter of, Re- of revelation which is when we all get to heaven it is symbolic and preparing us for the marriage supper of the lamb so we're going to have Demas is going to end the Demas time. temporal things are going to end we're going to head for the marriage supper of the lamb we have to realize that train on it and get ministry thinking like that. Thinking reality, eternal reality. God is good. He loves you and so do I. This is Tavo D'Arcy signing off for now.